Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. This is news and reviews for Monday, February 25th through Sunday, March 3rd. So there's a handful of events going on. People were kind of taking a break after Beer Week, which was just an awesome, awesome time. So many good events going on. And shout out to the Arizona Beer family for just blowing Beer Week out of the water once again. Special shout out to the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild for facilitating Beer Week and organizing some of these events, especially Strong Beer. It's amazing such a large event can be managed by such a small group of people. So big shout out to the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. Rob Vollmer and Kristen Doss, you guys are awesome. Pretty sure that you guys were cloned um, and there's like multiple versions of you because there's no way that you can get to all these places. <laughs> so uh, great job, guys. Uh, love what you're doing. Keep it up. Much love to the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild and the Arizona Beer Family. So we're going to go through some events. We've got Marcus from Brewery 602 doing a beer review for one of my favorite beers in the world ever. And we've got Doc from Pedal House back for a Beer 101. So let's jump into these events. First and foremost, we've got Beer School 8. If you guys have never been to a beer school that is put on by the Blue Pint Society, perfect opportunity. This is going down March 3rd. So my man Mark Semler started Beer School to bring awareness to testicular cancer. I started uh, Blue Pine Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer. He had a friend, unfortunately, pass away from that, and so he started this organization. So they do Beer Week. This is the eighth one. I think I've been to, this will be the sixth one that I've been to. It's awesome. So three or four breweries get together at another brewery, and they set up different stations, and you go around, you get broken up into groups, the crowd gets broken up into groups, and you bounce around, and you learn all kinds of cool stuff about beer, and you meet awesome people. So this one is at the Oso in Gilbert. This is the new one. If you haven't been there, that place is awesome. This is a perfect opportunity to go check it out. So the breweries that are going to be there, aside from Oso, Goldwater, Ren House, and then we have Crush Craft Cider. So, I mean, come on, that lineup is unreal. And the most important part of Beer School 8 is we're going to be set up there. So we're going to be podcasting there. So if you come to Beer School 8, stop by, talk, get on the microphones, um, tell us how awesome of a time you're having at Beer School. So if you go to the Facebook page um, or if you go to the Blue Pint Society website, that's bluepintsociety.com um, and click on events, you can get the tickets. Also, I have the link for the tickets in the um and the bio, uh, Instagram bio link. So check that out. Otherwise, like I said, you can go to bluepintsociety.com and click on events. And you'll see tickets there. You got one ticket for $45 or you can get two tickets for 80 bucks. You can also get the swag box raffle tickets on there as well. So basically, here's how it works. So you're going to start the afternoon with some appetizers and a pint of beer <clears throat> from Oso. And then at 2 p.m., you're going to split into groups, so they've got they've got this very well organized. They've got, um, I'm sure Mark will get on a microphone or something or just yell really loud. He's real good at that. Um, and you've got uh, escorts or, I don't know if got escorts, I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> you've got chaperones, whatever. they got somebody that's going to show you where you need to go. So you're going to split you into groups, and you're going to rotate throughout the four presentations, and you get to sample two eight-ounce pours at each of these stations. So that's going to be about like 20 minutes. Um, 30 minutes to each one. So, I mean, dude, you're going to get like five pints 
at this thing, which is more than enough. And uh, at the conclusion of the event, they're going to raffle off swag bags from each of the participating breweries. So um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but before you get started, you're going to have appetizers as well. I, I love appetizers, so I had to make sure I mentioned that at least once, probably twice. I can't remember. But uh, tickets are on sale now. Get yourself some tickets. This is Beer School 8 going down. Starts at 2 p.m. and ends at 5 p.m. on Sunday, March 3rd at Oso Brewery in Gilbert. Get your tickets at bluepintsociety.com or go to their Facebook event page or click the link on the uh, Instagram account bio link. You know what I'm talking about. Whatever. So, Beer School 8. Get there. March 3rd, 2 to 5 p.m. Oso Gilbert. Also, we've got Mud Shark Brewery in Lake Havasu is opening up a new public house. So, I haven't had a lot of beers from these guys, but I have had the Candle Burner Hazy IPA, and that thing is fantastic. So, it's kind of funny. This place has opened up three miles from the uh, actual brewery or the original brewery and, and restaurant that they have in Lake Havasu, but uh, help them celebrate. This is Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Obviously, from 3 to 9 p.m., this is at the Mud Shark Public House in Lake Havasu City. Go to their Facebook event page, and it'll give you the address and all that kind of stuff. It's on Aviation Drive, in case you know wherever where that is. Uh, they are going to have live music, lots of refreshments, and barbecue. So, beer, barbecue, and music. Like, come on. Like, that's it's a no-brainer. So, if they have it on tap, I definitely recommend the Candle Burner Hazy IPA. And finally, we've got, this is kind of more of a personal thing to me than more than Arizona beer. Um, this is the McDowell Mountain Music Festival. So I've been to this a few times. Awesome. This is in Hans Park in Phoenix. This is March 1st through the 3rd, the McDowell Mountain Music Festival. So website is m3f.com, I believe. Um, just Google it, right? McDowell Mountain Music Festival. I went to this a few years ago and actually got to saw the roots. One of the best live shows I've ever seen. But also the very first time I heard Fayuka, the band who plays, let me use their music for the intro music for my episodes. And also behind the Fayuka Rising Pale Ale from Helio Basin. So Gabo Fayuka, just an awesome dude. And got to see them live on the side local stage um, years ago at the McDowell Mountain Music Festival. So some of the acts that I recommend this year, it seems like they're mostly all on Friday. A band called Alalaz. There is a band called Mount Joy. And somebody else. I can't remember who it is. But go check out the lineup. <laughs> There's Umphreys McGee is going to be there. Empire of the Sun. Kurt Vile. Big Wild. Jungle. Chicano Batman. I don't know who that is, but that name sounds awesome. So, Lucas Nelson. I never knew that Willie Nelson's son played music, but apparently he does, and apparently he is going to be at McDowell Mountain Music Festival. So, go check it out. I'm pretty sure, and I let me look this up. Okay, yeah, so I'm thinking, I heard that Oscar Blues is going to be the uh, brewery that is going there, um, but uh, there's going to be great drinks there, right? And it's a concert, so just go. Have a great time. McDowell Mountain Music Festival, March 1st through the 3rd. Go to their website, m3ffest.com. That's what it is, m3ffest.com. From that McDowell Mountain 
Music Festival. All right, so those are the events going on this week. And if you know of any other events, um, let me know. And I probably can't go back and put it in this podcast, but you know one's coming up down the road. Let me know. Um, I'm only one person trying to figure out where all these events are going. I've got my man Chris Dotson helps me out uh, with these as well. But uh, as a team, we, we, we definitely know that some fall through the cracks. So if you know an event coming up, reach out to us. Let us know what is going on. So let's get into this beer review from uh, Marcus Pena. Hey guys, Brewery602 Beer Reviews here at Brewery602 on Instagram. My name is Marcus and today I have a beer out of Mother Road Brewing Company. This is Lost Highway Double Black IPA. Now Mother Road is located in Flagstaff, Arizona. I have been to the brewery out there. It's a very cool brewery. Um, they have a really cool atmosphere there. Really large uh, brewing system too. They do can um, quite a bit of their beers and, and send them down here to the valley. Uh, this particular one, however, was uh, brewed under direct supervision of Mother Road by Helton Brewing Company. Now, Helton is located in downtown Phoenix area, so that's pretty interesting. They kind of uh, farmed that out, uh, this particular recipe out, to be brewed at Helton. So, um, this at the time of recording, this beer is about three months old. So, you know, black IPAs, any IPA, you know, you want to get fresh, obviously. Black IPA is a lot of roasted character normally in them and stuff like that. So typically they'll probably go a little longer than your typical uh, IPA. So anyways, let's dig into it. And I'm glad they actually do put the can on date on this particular beer. As you can see, it's pouring nice deep brown to black color. So yeah, it'll look black on on camera but it is definitely a deep brown to black and really dark uh, brown head on it and it's really nice and fluffy so you got really tight compact and it goes up to real fluffy and it looks pretty thick in the glass it looks nice so let's get a drive-by aroma Oh, it's, you know you got a lot of fruitiness there um, you do get pine character you get some grapefruit character yeah, I'm even picking up um, almost like a, a cherry type of thing going on too. Very interesting. It could be the, the roasted malt um, playing along with those different hops. Something, something like that perhaps. Um, let me get a deeper aroma. So yeah, you pick up roast. You pick up a little bit of uh, chocolate character. Very slight. Um... And you do pick up like a pininess. You do pick up a little bit of grapefruit as well. So it does definitely smell like an IPA. Um, but you do know that <clears throat> there's also like a roasted character to it as well. Um, smells really nice. Let's get a taste on it. Cheers. Very nice. So <clears throat> immediately you're hit with that roasted bitterness um, up front. And then you get some of the hot bitterness kind of towards the back end, which is very pleasing. Definitely know you're drinking an IPA because of that hot bitterness. But at the same time, you're getting a roasted character, which the two balance each other out really well. The malt and the hop character um, really balance nicely. 
Yeah. 8% ABV, extremely easy drinking. Very smooth. You have no alcohol in the taste whatsoever. Um, you can't detect that it's a, that big of a beer. So obviously it'd be pretty dangerous, you know, because after a couple of these, you're probably already going to start feeling, you know, the effects of the alcohol. Um, very clean, very uh, well-attenuated beer. Does have a, you know, a really good drying character, a really good pine character, a really good bitterness to balance everything out. I don't really get the grapefruit in the flavor. It may come out later. Um, this is right out of the refrigerator. So typically this style of beer, I like to let it warm up a little bit. And then, you know, you probably get a little bit more of that roasted character. Um, very well-made beer. So I, I would grade this beer, I'd give it a 92. Um, very easy drinking uh, for an 8%. Um, again, this is Mother Road Brewing Company out of Flagstaff, Arizona. If you're ever in Flagstaff, um, come, go by, check these guys out. They're, they've been around for quite a while. Um, Tower Station is one of their biggest sellers and is an awesome West Coast style IPA. Um, and again, my name is Marcus. Brewery, Brewery 602 Beer Reviews at Brewery 602 Instagram. Please like, follow, and subscribe. Cheers. Honestly, there's really not many things in the world that beat sitting on that patio at the downtown Flagstaff Mother Road Brewery Tap Room and having a Lost Highway Black IPA. Really, there's not many things better in the world than that. So, Marcus, thank you for your review. And Doc from Pedal House is going to educate us a little bit. So, let's see what Doc has to say. This is Derek Doc Osborne from Pedal House Brewery talking about draft lines. Draft lines come in many sizes and shapes. Uh, if you've ever served beer at your house, you probably either did a hand pump or you might have a kegerator. Kegerator uses the uh, direct draw system, which is the couplers connected to the keg. And there's a vinyl line that comes from the keg, goes up to your uh, faucet where you pour it out. This is the easiest, most basic line system you can have uh, you need to maintain these lines and it almost is cheaper to just replace the lines than it is to clean them every other week uh, works out really good in a perfect situation everybody would have these there's long draw systems these get really expensive more challenging to install they employ a lot of people that comes out of your pocket sometimes you can't put your bar and your cooler next to each other so you have to have a remote setup and you're running trunk lines underground. You are paying to cool those lines. You'll have a, a remote glycol system, which cools a coolant that surrounds the lines. Uh, you have a lot of beer wasted in those lines when you go to clean lines. Uh, a lot of things happen, but the anatomy of that starts the same way as it goes. The, the keg coupler connects to the same hose. It's a vinyl hose. In this case, they call it a jumper. It goes to the wall, and the wall... From there, it goes to a trunk line, which is usually glass-lined lines. They run about 18 bucks a foot for uh, for 6 to 12 lines inside this insulated trunk that has to be cooled. And then you run it underground through these tubes, comes up, or you can run it over the top. comes out near your faucets, goes back to another vinyl line in many cases, which they now call a choker, and this is to balance the pressure. And then it goes to your faucets. Uh, in order to serve beer through these things without it making a foamy mess, they, they definitely have to be balanced. Your typical keg wants to see about 15 pounds of pressure to keep the carbonation balanced. 
at about two and a half volumes. And the uh, depending on how long they are, at our place they're over 100 feet long, and we use quarter-inch trunks to save volume of beer lost in the ground. Uh, it takes 45 psi to push it, so we have to use pumps. The pumps uh, get the pressure up without putting the pressure on the keg, which would overcarbonate beer. Uh, these things all have to be maintained. Most important thing is that you have hygiene, not only the way you pour it and you're not touching the faucet to the beer glass, but you need to be able to clean those lines at least every two weeks. Every two weeks with caustic, uh, sodium hydroxide at a 2 to 4% concentration. They need to have circulation or movement. Uh, it's not okay just to soak it in there. Think about putting greasy dishes in your sink. You don't just dip them in the sink of soapy water and then pull them out and rinse them, you have to actually either scrub them or run in a dishwasher. They run the uh, chemical concentration over them so they have an impact of cleaning. Same thing with line cleanings. You you fill them with chemicals and soak them, that's nice, but you need to have movement as well. So you're moving them uh, two to four gallons per minute at two to four percent sodium hydroxide along with a few other chemicals that will uh, help enhance the sodium hydroxide and prevent it from creating deposits. And uh, then you must rinse it. Uh, very important. This is not something you want anybody to have served to them. And in our case, we also run an acid, a phosphoric nitric acid blend. Uh, that, that kills any bacteria, but it also removes any beer stones that could build up and helps uh, remove any flavors from the fruit beers or hoppy beers beyond what the, the uh, caustic didn't get. And that's flushed out with water, and then uh, we need to cool the lines back down. Uh, so we usually let it sit in water until they get down to a reasonable temperature, and then we pull the beer back through it. Uh, very costly. Takes about four hours every other week to clean all of our lines, and we waste, uh, because we have quarter-inch lines, we waste about two and a half gallons per beer line. Uh, we, have, uh, we have 96 faucets here, so you jump up to a three-eighths inch, line that it's uh, you can do the math and the circumference that is a huge amount of loss if you jump that high but way less uh, equipment needed to do that so if you're designing a bar put the walk in where you want the bar and punch a hole in it and just go direct draw <laughs> that's the way to do it so the hygiene of line cleaning is so important uh, beer sitting in the line when it's moving, doesn't likely have things adhering to the wall as much. By the way, beer beer flows in the center of the line more than it does at the edges. Uh, it's uh, fluid dynamics. It's the way it works. So if you're running chemicals through a line, you're really not doing a whole lot at the edges where you need them. You're, you're mostly running stuff through the center. So that's why you need to make sure you have good flow rate because it's barely moving on the sides. Uh, the things that adhere to the walls, uh, biofilm, hop oils, uh, some of the fruit flavors, and anything that could still ferment when a, well, the faucet's open on the other end, and I guarantee you there are microbes growing at that end. Uh, they start working their way back in the line. Your first first pour of the day might have a little uh, sour or vinegar or butterscotch note because there are residual sugars that can be broken down by different organisms, and some of the first things they do is produce some of the intermediates that will eventually oxidize into those flavors. So you want to keep the lines clean as you can. Uh, there's a cost involved with doing it every day, but generally is accepted that every other week is when you should clean lines. In Arizona, it's the responsibility of the seller to maintain the lines. 
Uh, we are seeing more and more people that own bars that care, and they take their own line cleaning on. Uh, that's great. Uh, you can time it out to where you have a keg that's empty, and you can clean the line and not waste anything in the in the lines. Also, you might just want to do a better job. Uh, these guys that are cleaning lines are great. They do it for a living, and they're insured, which is really important. You can you can seriously injure someone uh, or poison them if you do your own line cleaning. You don't know what you're doing. So if you take it on, make sure you care about it, and you're not forcing it on a bartender based upon a, a simple piece of paper that you wrote up. They got to understand what they're doing, and they got to be competent. But doing it yourself is definitely the best. In some states, it's the responsibility of the bar to clean lines, and that that scenario creates a opportunity for more growth of jobs because then line cleaning services will pop up, and a guy that lives in the zip code will pop in and say, I do line cleaning, I'm insured, and I have pumps and equipment to really clean them good, and I'm proud of what I do. And that's that's the ideal situation. And then the health department's involvement is uh, not finding out if – the brewery actually came and cleaned the lines. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. It's more of, it's part of the responsibility of, uh, of serving good quality product, safe for the people. So I think that's a good, good direction to go for many, many reasons. Here in Arizona, uh, the distributors typically will cover the cost. Some breweries don't do it at all. They just hope for the best. They, uh, a lot of small breweries go on at places that just, assume they're only getting one beer on and then it goes off afterwards and someone else will clean that line and they'll hopefully only be on for a keg. That's, in my opinion, gross. And uh, But if you have a plan for growth and you do believe quality is the only way you're going to survive, then I definitely recommend everybody get involved in line cleaning. Nothing pathogenic is going to grow in the beer line, so you're not going to get sick from bacteria that may grow in there, but it's not going to be a good beer. So at the brewery level, we have... In some some cases, well over a million dollars of equipment uh, that we want to do to make our our beers got to taste great, the best it can be. And when it comes out of that tank, it tastes great, unless we decided to dump it. But it it does taste the best we can, and then we need to put it in a uh, a vessel to get it to our consumers. And um, even in our own pub, it comes through our beer lines. If we don't clean it right, it's not going to taste the same. But if it goes into a vessel, we want the keg to be clean, free of any oxygen uh, and chemicals. There's sanitizers involved, but you want those things to not have an impact on the beer. And you want the uh, beer to get to the end user cold and not staling and oxidized. And you want it to go through a clean line. And sometimes there's a big difference between the way your beer tastes at your favorite pub and it does at your brewery and the difference is going to be either how it was handled on the way delivering warmth storage how old it is did they untap the keg because they had a tap takeover and decide to put it back on at a later date that's those are bad practices to do Uh, but most importantly is is the line clean is it free of anything that's adding flavors and a lot of flavors and even if there's no bacteria, you just get a paper flavor sometimes. trans 2 tastes like someone served your beer out of a brown napkin. And that just isn't good for beer. So when you go drink a beer at your local pub, ask them about line cleaning. See if they're really interested. They, here in Arizona, they probably don't know the person's name who cleans their line, but maybe they should get to know them a little bit and let them know that they, uh, they care. This is Doc from Petal House Brewery. 
make sure you clean your lines. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. If you are aware of any events that you want to make sure you get on the show, if you're part of a brewery, if you're just a fan of a brewery, whatever it is, reach out, eric at tapthataz.com or reach out to us through our social media and need some beer reviews, right? So we've got some people that are submitting beer reviews, but if you feel that uh, that you would like to submit a beer review, reach out to me, uh, reach out and, and let me know. Don't just submit something to me, please, uh, because you might have somebody else already working on that beer as far as a review goes. So reach out, say, hey, man, I'd love to review this beer. You down for it? Really, the stipulation is be honest about your review, but don't be a dick about it. And it's got to be an Arizona beer. So would like to see more reviews like Marcus did on the, the ones that people can get um, at many places, right? It's cool to get the... You know, the one-time cam releases and things like that. Love those reviews. But I'd like to get some reviews for the beers that are available all the time here in Arizona. Some of the, the mainstays in Arizona beer. So reach out. Eric at tapthatazy.com if you're interested in submitting a beer review. And always remember, stay awesome. Stay awesome.